This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. The following is a Podcast One Minnesota production. For those who simply can't get enough talk about the Vikings, we present Bonus Chatter. Bonus Chatter about your favorite team that's unscripted, unfiltered, and uninterrupted. This is another edition of 1500 ESPN's Purple Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Purple Podcast. Matthew Collar here along with ESPN's Courtney Cronin. Courtney, how are you? Enjoying the offseason. Getting ready for, uh, you know, love tag season. It's probably my favorite holiday, two-week holiday of the year. So Tag um, Tag season, coming up to free agent season. I mean, it's, this is... It really shows you that there is no off time in the NFL and there's always something to keep you busy. But I just I'm so excited to read every single person's mock draft imaginable and, and you know, hear hear all these draft experts. Um, everybody becomes a draft expert. I cannot wait beca- to become a draft expert. I cannot wait for you to dissect my mock draft. Oh, yeah. Are you going to put out one? I'll do one. Probably. I know that uh, NFL Nation reporters, we do them. I think a little bit later it's kind of a group assignment but um i'm no i'm no one than mel kuyper yet but maybe i'll be on my way soon um you you have the same hair as mel kuyper so you guys are, are pretty similar um uh, here's what i do instead of a mock drafting there's a website that will simulate the draft so you get to play gm and then all the other draft picks are taken based on a bunch of mocks and then mm-hmm. you just have a guy come up and you're like oh i'll take Pat Elfline in the third round. So I'll probably do a few of those. To me, those are much more fun than trying to figure out and Google who are the Broncos going to take. And then you're like, okay, so some other people said the Broncos are going to take that guy. And really, you just want to talk about who your team is going to take. But you have to go through the other teams. Um, This way, the computer does it for you. And then it's kind of like video games. Um, so I'll be doing a few of those next week. You and I will be doing the purple podcast together from the NFL combine though. And we have a lot to look forward to there and we could talk about the Vikings strategy, but first it is tag season, Courtney, and the Vikings have some options with case Keenum. Uh, our friend Judd Zolged does not believe that the Vikings are going to franchise tag case Keenum, but do you think there could be the possibility of the old tag and trade with Keenum? Yes, and I think you know I agree with Judd. I don't. There would they wouldn't use an exclusive tag on him. There's really no reason to. Um, even the non-exclusive tag, um, 
you know, I just don't see that being an option. I mean, of course, they are options. I don't see it as a realistic one. Um, I think either the tag and trade or the transition tag, just given the circumstances of Keenum's one really, really good year that he had with the Vikings um, and what that could potentially lead to, to where it's a, you kind of rent him almost at a, at a much better price if you had the transition tag, which is the average of the top 10 salaries instead of top five. So it puts him around $21 million and, you know, they can see what comes of the market with him. You know, if anybody's going to offer him some ludicrous deal there, then, you know, okay. But um, tag and trade. I mean, we heard about this so much the last few weeks with Kirk Cousins. And now that kind of seems like a really risky um, idea for Washington to potentially do that and try to trade him. Um because obviously with the franchise tag that they'd have to put on him this year being the third straight year, they do it. You know, we're hearing reports that Kirk Cousins is going to file a grievance if Mm -hmm. that happens. So there's one thing you'd like to avoid. And then either way, it starts you out at 34 and a half million dollars because they've done it three straight years. And I believe that that means it went up 44% from last year. Um, the, the price from, you know, it was 24 million to do it last year. Um, but yeah, I mean, with Case Keenum, I think it's a more realistic option because then you're not necessarily, they don't necessarily know if they want to be tied to him long-term. And I think this gives you a pretty easy out if you're able to, um, you know, you know, if you do the tag and trade, you can, you know, you can discuss a lot more options there to potentially not keep him versus being locked into him for a year if there, you gave him the exclusive. There's a historical example here with tagging and trading a quarterback, and that's Matt Castle, which uh, yep. he, he played very well uh, for the New England Patriots, filling in for Tom Brady one year, and then he was traded to the Kansas City Chiefs. I believe they gave up a second-round pick. And, and if you're going to do it with Case Keenum, then the compensation has to be better than what they would get for a 2019 draft pick for him leaving. And the so highest, that would be a third-round pick, yeah? Yes, yes. Okay. The, the third-rounder is the highest that it could possibly be. So I would assume they would get third-round compensation for Keenum leaving. My guess would be if you put him out on the trade market as some of the other chips fall into place, it might take some patience to do it, but as other teams – decide on their quarterbacks Kirk Cousins is going to go somewhere and then someone is going to be left without a chair in the musical chairs game of quarterbacks that's going to be pretty desperate for somebody and maybe they give you a second round pick or even more for Case Keenum yeah I mean there's what is that is that a clock that is a a grandfather clock oh okay it it is letting me know it is two o'clock central time all right I was like it was was that was that some sign to uh, wrap it up in my ear? <laughs> no, no, that? That, that, that's, that's not your uh, two minute warning sign. <laughs> but um, it is quite loud. I have headphones on currently, so um, you can tell how loud that is if it's picking up through my earbuds. Yeah, uh, it will through the microphone. That's coming from the people who want us to stop talking about the quarterback situation. But it's just <laughs> I, I'm just too excited about how this is going to play out. But do, do you think that there would be a team that would give the Vikings? a fairly high draft pick to bring in Keenum. Jacksonville. What's the the market for him? I mean, that's what's hard to figure out, right? Well, I think that that's why the transition tag could potentially be such a, you know, a a good option here, because I think you do risk. You don't want to go March 6th and not have a quarterback, like, you know, starting caliber quarterback who's played an entire season. Like, I just think that that's why the transition tag might be, 
a good fit here because at least then, you know, he's, you know, $21 million and yeah, that's a big price to pay, but it's not 30 million. Like you, like, you know, which realistically Kirk Cousins could command. I don't think that the Vikings are going to offer him 30 million. I think they can just front load the contract and have that sweet spot around 28 if they do decide to wait to enter those sweepstakes. But the good thing is, I mean, we do find out how this whole thing will shake out in theory before, you know, before 4 p.m. Eastern time on March 6th. Like, there, if it, if it goes beyond that, then game on. Like, but, I, you know, the window here they have to decide over the next 12 days is where they value Keenum as far as their shorter-term plans and, you know, where they think other teams value him as far as, you know, compensate you know compensate how do i even say the word compensatory picks that they could potentially get for him um if they decide you know if they decide to go the other route with the tagging trade so let me let me do this then let's let's make a pie chart here of percentage chance that these things happen out of the four there's their four potential outcomes one is they let him hit the market two I'm entirely throwing out that they sign him to a long-term contract. Maybe I shouldn't. Yeah, I no, don't, I, no, that's I fair. That's I'm not, I, I think it. Okay, so let's just say that they either franchise tag him, they let him hit the market, they transition tag him, or franchise tag and then trade. How do you put the percentages on each one of those options for the the percent chance that the Vikings will do them? For... So are we going four? Are we doing exclusive tag and non-exclusive tag? Or are we just doing franchise as a whole? Just do uh, just do franchise as a whole and throw in yeah. transition tag in there as well. Okay. So of those four. Of those four. I mean, I just don't think – they don't use the franchise tag that much. They've used it twice. Um, and they've never used it on a quarterback. The Vikings, that is. Like in the 20 – you know, now entering the 26th year and the 25 years that they've had it, they've, you know, done it with a tight end and, and with – with a linebacker. So, I mean, I just, I don't think there's enough history here. Yes. You can get away with the franchise tag being a short-term deal and, you know, paying $23 million um, for Keenum for a one-year deal might not be that bad. You could potentially bring back Teddy Bridgewater. Then Um, we still don't know. I mean, there's a whole nother can of worms to open is um, the talk of the tolling of his contract has sort of died down. And there's, I believe the report from, um, pro football talk was that it's not going to happen but if you bring him back in some capacity then you'd have a quarterback battle and I don't know you know does Case Keenum want to do that um you know is is there going to be some sort of you know bad feeling between him and you know between Teddy Bridgewater coming back and potentially a reduced rate I don't know so I'm putting so in short I'm going to put the franchise tag is a 10 to 15 percent chance of happening with Case Keenum okay but transition tag, I probably raise that a little bit more just because there's more flexibility there for him, you know, to be able to see if the market speaks, see, see if anybody answers. If anybody wants to pay him gobs of money, cough, cough, Jacksonville or, um, you know, maybe in Arizona or, or Denver. Um, those are the teams that we're kind of hearing thrown out there is they might like him. Who knows? Um, then you let him go. Then you're fine. You get a pick and you're fine. Like, you know, I, I, I would put that, let's put the transition tag as a 29%. 29. Don't do this. Cause I'm trying to add them up quickly. So if you think, so if you're saying 
franchise or transition being lumped into one of the four options, maybe like 30% or more? Well, I just think, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of it in terms of the exclusive tag and the non-exclusive tag, like, you know, with, and and then I'm kind of putting transition almost on its own, if that's fair. I don't know if that's, if you want to lump them all together, then 30% should be fine, but it probably should even be lower than that because I just don't think, you know, I, they, they're, the history shows this is not a move that they've made, but this is also an unprecedented situation that they've never faced before. So, so in your pie chart, you've probably got those two adding up like 10% franchise tag and 20, About, yeah, 20%. Sure. Oh, all right. Let's do it that so way for, really, for really clarity's sake. I want to fill out this pie chart. So, what's the percentage then? Now, remember, you've got 100% to work with. That's how the pie chart works. Um, That's true. <laughs> The uh, so how about letting him go entirely? Just hey, bye, see you, hit the market, good day. Well, if I've already used if I've already used thirty percent, I'm going to put that at fifty percent. So I've got eighty percent now, or I've got eighty percent filled. Fifty percent chance that they just say goodbye, Case Keenum, after his season this year. Really? Why not? Because then I can use my twenty percent for tag and trade. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I I'll agree with that. That that the tag and trade is probably because, because the lowest kinda, percent chance. Because that's kind of that's kind of unprecedented too. I mean, as you brought up the castle situation, like it doesn't happen all that often. Is it more likely to happen with the Vikings than it is the Redskins and with their respective quarterback situations? I believe that's fair. I totally lost track of what the other options might have been, but. Um... I, I don't know if I would go quite as high as 50% for him just being allowed to walk away if they thought that they could get something back for him. But you're right about the rarity of the tag and trade, and if there's no one that's willing to trade you any higher than a third-round pick, and these teams know that you have to get at least a third-round pick, uh, then you're just kind of stuck with Case Keenum on a, on a giant cap uh, hit there. What do, you, what do you think it would be, like the situation in the locker room and training camp, if both Bridgewater and Keenum are back and battling for a position, is there the potential there for some headbutting or a schism even within the locker room if that happens? Sure. I mean, because we ne- they never realistically had this last year. Um, it never came to a – I mean, even when Case threw back-to-back interceptions in Washington, um, even when he had the crazy completion of Thielen against the Rams – there was never, I mean, those are, of course, are not going to make Mike Zimmer happy. And, but there was never the sense of, well, you know, it's getting close to the time where we're going to make a switch. They start over at a clean slate there in camp. And I think that, you know, as close as this locker room was and for the unsuspect, unexpected success that they had under Keenum last year, I feel like the leash is a lot shorter um, for Case going, if, you know, if he signs with the Vikings again, whether it's, a short, you know, assuming, yeah, I agree with you. No long-term deal. Let's say it's a short-term deal. Like, and if they're able to bring back Teddy too, I mean, these are guys now who want to fight for that next step of their career. Teddy's been trying to fight for it, but he just didn't have the opportunity to. So, you know, he's going into this, um, you know, wanting to be a starter, and he's not guaranteed it. Case is going into this way, saying, hey, last year wasn't a fluke, but has to prove it again that it's not a fluke. So I do think that there would potentially be – you know, it won't be as, I don't know, I want to say it's, it won't be as friendly because, I mean, obviously they're going to be professionals about it, but I do think that the stakes are a lot higher 
and you have the potential for running, you know, two quarterbacks against each other and, um, you know, in a way that might backfire in this locker room. And, and last year, it was very easy for Case Keenum to be okay with his head coach not buying in or with us giving him a hard time because they just kept winning games. And with Teddy Bridgewater coming back, it was very easy to be, hey, I'm just the feel-good story of the year, and I'm here if you need me. Maybe I'll get in. Maybe I won't get into a game. Or maybe Case will be benched. Maybe he won't. But, hey, I'm still alive and have both of my legs and can continue my career now, so this is great. I mean, you even talked to Teddy, and that was basically what he told you, was it was a great year for him because he went through a lot and he got back on the field and things like that. Next year, though, if he's 100% healthy, he's going to expect to win the job. And if he doesn't and he's still here and they sign him to a contract, a couple, I mean, maybe it's an incentive deal or something like that, you could end up, if Teddy didn't win the job, with some of the locker room feeling like Teddy should mm-hmm. have the job. We know that he's extremely popular with the wide receivers. I think that that's a good situation, but it's also a very tricky one. Don't you think? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because you divide a locker room that way. Um, whoever's throwing the better ball is going to be the the apple of the receiver's eyes. And we know how much those guys all value Teddy Bridgewater. Um, even though he wasn't able to get in other than the fourth quarter of the Bengals game in 2017. I mean, they still talk about how good he was. 2014 and 2015 the guys that were around and just you know seeing him in practice and in wanting to see him succeed that you know I think that you could get a pretty it could potentially have the effect of dividing a group of receivers your core position guys um into you know two groups which I just don't think you want like I mean obviously not but you know it's going to be if I can adjust my prediction then, if you, you know, talking about this, obviously, you know, they, to let him walk in free agency, that just, I mean, that shows you how they're either feeling about Teddy Bridge. I, I know that we're not talking about Sam. I know that there's been some pushback from Purple Podcast listeners about us, like, kind of neglecting him. But just for the sake of the argument, I think it's better to just divide it into talking about Teddy and Case. But, you know... I just feel like it makes me nervous. If I'm the Vikings, I get very nervous not going into this, like wanting to, you know, potentially enter the Kirk Cousins sweepstakes, which I think you have to make a run at him. Absolutely. You have the cap space to do it. Um, You can rework deals in the future, but right now you have the money. Go for it. You know, the quarterbacks like him don't enter the free market, you know, the market all that often uh, as free agents before the time they're 30 years old. But it just may, it does worry me that what if that falls through? What if the Jets are honestly going to give him sixty million uh, in that first year, and you know, guaranteeing like a ton of, of that contract? Like, what if that happens? Well, you know, and you're SOL essentially at that point. Like, that's so. I guess I'll just dip my percentage down on that. Let's just put if they let him walk. Can I put him at thirty? Is that fair? Sure. I kind of forgot how the pie chart worked anyway. I was doing more of a Venn diagram because I did those in third grade. (laughs) I (laughs) I actually don't know how that would work. Yeah, I don't even want to try to go there. But let let me um, backtrack a little bit to the Sam Bradford comment you made, um, which is there has just been no indication from anyone that the Vikings are going to bring back Sam Bradford. There hasn't been any rumors from your Adam Schefters or Ian Rappaport or anything like that. The things that I've heard 
have been, well, you know, they were glad to have him, and he made them competitive in 2016 and had a good year, and he's talented, but this is probably the end of the line in Minnesota for him. Otherwise, it would be more of a debate. I think he's a very talented quarterback, but after this year, nobody knows better than the Minnesota Vikings what his knee situation is, and that's got to be a year-to-year. So if that is on the table as an option to bring him back on a one-year deal maybe with some incentives, then I think you have to think about that if you're the Vikings because he is talented, but not as your starting quarterback. And even then, if he won the job in camp, because Sam Bradford is insanely good in training camp, when it's just you know the, the shorts out there and he's just throwing <laughs> the ball, the dude has an outrageous arm. So he could win a job. By doing that, but can you trust that he's really going to make it through 16 games? I know you would say that same thing for Teddy Bridgewater, but we just, I mean, both of those guys are going to have those question marks. So if you're going to bring back Sam, then you probably can't also bring back Bridgewater and hope that one guy's knee holds up or something, right? You would have to be picking Sam as your guy and then get another backup. And I'm not sure that that's really the best way to do it. Uh, On the Kirk Cousins thing, we have Kirk Cousins news today, Courtney that Uh the New York Jets are willing to guarantee $60 million of money to Kirk Cousins in the first year of his contract. Just like you hear that number and your eyes pop out of your head. That is nuts. Like, and I get what their situation is right now and the three quarterbacks and what the cap hits would be so minimal and how much space they're going to have when they, you know, clear, clear some, you know, they can clear some cap room pretty soon. But holy cow, that is just every time you hear these deals, when it's Derek Carr and it's Matthew Stafford and then, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo thrown in there, like what when are we gonna hit the ceiling with this stuff? Like I I mean, this might be it if this happens, because I don't think any other team, um I mean, even as the cap increases year to year and, and what teams and the flexibility of what teams can do, I don't think this could ever be repeated. Yeah, this is going to set the ceiling probably for a while for quarterbacks if that's what happens. If you're Kirk Cousins, would you rather take $60 million guaranteed in the first year from the New York Jets and understand that this year your team's probably not going to be that good, but they'll continue to rebuild around you over the next five years and you could be competitive within the length of your contract? Or do you take a lot less guaranteed right up front from the Minnesota Vikings and have a chance to win the Super Bowl this year? Well, he did say during, and I mean, obviously no one's going to say, I'm going where I can get paid. I'm like, here no to lose. And no, yeah, and I mean, no one's, if, if you want to do that, go to the Browns. They've got the most cap space of anybody. Like, and, the, and they're willing to throw the kitchen sink at you. Maybe they haven't said it the way that the Jets have, um, at least, you know, reportedly, but... Yeah, I mean, he did say during Super Bowl week, though, that he wants to go to a place that I think the term was immediate success. Um, I don't think there's any place better than him to do better for him to do that right now than Minnesota in free agency. Even if you have to table money, the the receivers and the weapons he would have on offense. Not to mention that he'd be backed by the number one defense from last year uh, in Minnesota. Just, just like almost eons ahead of collectively how many targets he had. He he had none of these weapons. Part of his downfall in Washington was he just never had a consistent playmaker to help him. And, you know, I think he can do that, you know, coming to Minnesota is, you know, for me, 
I, I just think that that's, you know, maybe the top, obviously top option. I would say your number two of if you want to go win right now where you might have to table some money. Jacksonville would be a good number two. Um, I think that you immediately get rid of the Jets and the Browns and the Broncos and, you know, Arizona in there too if you want to win right now. I think there's a threshold for that uh, win now thing. It's probably at like 20 million guaranteed, right? Where there's got (laughs) there has to be a number. There's a scene in Breaking Bad. Did you ever watch Breaking Bad? Nope, I'm scared of things like that. Oh, okay. Well, then you definitely don't want to watch it. Uh, but there's a scene in Breaking Bad where uh, Brian Cranston's character wants an apartment, and they show him this set-up apartment that's not, like, for actual sale, but it's just to, like, show people the apartment. So they go inside, and they're like, well, this is what the apartments look like. And he says, okay, I want this one. They're like, well, we're not actually renting this one right here. And he says, well... Everybody's got a price, right? Or something like that. And then the next scene is him in that apartment. So, I mean, if you're Kirk Cousins, there has to be a number where you say, well, maybe I can win within this uh, five-year window with the Browns or with the Jets instead of having to win this year with the Minnesota Vikings. There's no question to me that the Vikings are the best setup for him. You have two top ten wide receivers and a superstar young running back and an opportunity in free agency in the draft to even boost up the offensive line even more. And with Cousins, it it seems to me that they would be a Super Bowl contender with him. Yeah. Just what what are the differences between how he's going to perform in the playoffs and can he win in big situations and things like that that he has not done in Washington to get them there? That would be your main concern, but I do think this Vikings team, especially on the defensive side, would be better by far than anything Washington put out there. I always end up very conflicted with Cousins because when I watch, I, I watched back his entire last season and there were games and there were moments where you thought, man, this guy can make some throws down the field and he can really operate this offense. He's spectacular in play action. And then there are other times, third down and long or late in games and things like that, that he throws a bad interception or that he gets kind of out-schemed by the other team where he doesn't process quite as quickly. And it makes me wonder if he's going to be able to get them over the hump or are they basically paying a lot more for a rich man's Case Keenum? Case Keenum, yeah, exactly. And that's like the thing where the Vikings need to decide in the next few weeks. Um, obviously, with chicken and egg, first they got to – decide about Keenum and tag and letting you know what could potentially happen there uh, before they even think of entering the Kirk Cousins sweepstakes. And do they really think he's worth what he can command? Um, They're not, I mean, as you said, the window, maybe it's a two-year window. Let's put it at that, two to three-year window for where they are legitimate Super Bowl contenders. Definitely next year, Mm -hmm. but they need someone to right the ship. And that's got to be, you know, that obviously comes from your quarterback position. He wants if you if he wants this reported long term deal that's been thrown out there. I think that they're the place to do it because that's what the Vikings said that they want. They said they're tired, um, you know, for 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 all intents and purposes, they're tired of having to do this every two or three years. Yes, they plan for the cap spaces. Rick Spielman told us a few weeks ago during the Super Bowl week. Um, they're not doing it just like, you know, willy-nilly year to year. They've planned for this about two years out. They knew this was going to be a situation. 
But it's almost like everybody wins. If Kirk Cousins comes to the Vikings, he gets a big fat payday, not as fat and as big as he would get somewhere with the Jets, but he gets to go to a place that makes him an immediate contender with a brand new offensive coordinator that knows him and, and you know, has, has, you know, has seen him up close for the last few years. Um, and he has the opportunity to grow into a franchise quarterback. And the Vikings get their guy who, you know, they can give a five-year deal, and they're not constantly scrambling every few years to fix this void. But we don't, you know, I'm, he, we don't know if he's, a, of, if he's a franchise quarterback yet. He has the potential to be, I think, for sure, but you got to win a playoff game first. And I mm-hmm. think you're in a perfect situation with the outlook of the NFC North. Um, you know, there is some, you know, uncertainty with just how the Green Bay Packers are going to change. You obviously know that they're going to be, going neck and neck with the Vikings next year, but you're in a really good position to be there, um, you know, to be able to grow into that next step of your career before you're 30 years old. Um, I think he turns 30 sometime around training camp is what I saw the other day. But, yeah, I mean, they just have to decide. The Vikings have to decide how much he's worth. Are they willing to pay? I think $28 million is where you cap it at, for lack of a better term. Um and you're going to have to table some money. You're not getting what you're getting other places. I think 30 million might be out of, not out of the realm of possibility now, but it's going to come at the cost of having to keep certain players that you want uh, in the coming years, especially with when 2019 kind of becomes an issue. Um, we expect them to do some stuff ahead of time. Maybe go ahead and re-sign bar now um, or free it, you know, when, when you can, but um, I just, they got to figure out is, the price, you know, the price they're going to pay, do they really see as big of a return on investment for maintaining this this run where they're really successful as they were in 2017? I would probably cap it a little over $30 million would be where you can still afford to re-sign those other players that are going to come up in 2019. Now, who do you think makes the final call? Who has... They always say, oh, we want to make the decision as an organization, right? John D. Filippo's going to be involved. We're going to ask the towel boy. Everybody's going to have their say. <laughs> that, that's how they always act, right? I mean, they always say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're just all going to come together, and we're going to be around a bonfire. We're going to be cooking marshmallows and s'mores, and then we're all just going to say, uh, yeah, 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 it's uh, cousins. We're doing it. But that's probably not how it works. Is it Mike Zimmer? Is it Rick Spielman? Or is it the ownership, the Wilfs, who has the final say on whether they pay Cousins, whether they stick with Teddy? I tend to think it's Mike Zimmer. You know, for him being a defensive coach, I think he carries a lot of weight offensively with suggestions and things that he wants done, even though he is kind of not, he's been more hands on with it lately, but he's always been very good at. You know, letting people have handle their expertise. And it just seems like with him and Rick Spielman, they have a really good thing going on right now where it's these are the players I want. Rick Spielman goes out to goes out and gets them. And Mike's had a lot of time to reflect on a lot of those throws that Case Keenum made down the stretch of the season that probably gave him a near heart attack. And deciding whether Kirk Cousins is an upgrade from that, that's the next question. Um I would agree with you. I think that it comes down to what Zimmer wants. Um, but within the realm of financial possibilities, Rick's got to find a way to do that. Like, mm-hmm. and I mean, he's very good. He has a great track record, um, you know, in making these moves happen. Obviously, 
the big thing with him is extending contracts before they're due. And they'll have, I mean, they've got the space to do that right now with a couple of them. Obviously, you know, if you sign cousins and, and you try to, you know, figure out a deal for Barr or digs more in the immediate term, um, your cap space kind of goes away uh, pretty quickly, you would assume. But, you know, I think that it, it's going to come at the cost of missing, of missing out on somebody, meaning like not being able to re-sign an Eric Kendricks type. Um, if you, you know, if you do get bar sooner rather than later. So those are risks that they're going to have to take, but you got to make sure that your quarterback's in place first, in my opinion. So just as important as the starting quarterback or close, I think is also what they do at backup quarterback, whether that's the Bridgewater and Case Keenum combination. Uh, If it's cousins, then it becomes a lot less important. But if you are bringing back Teddy Bridgewater, which I still would think is Mike Zimmer's preference to have Bridgewater return as his franchise quarterback, then the number two, if it's Keenum or Josh McCown, is important. Another name is uh, on the market now uh, today with a report that Trevor Simeon will be traded. Do you like the idea of Trevor Simeon as a backup quarterback for the Vikings? He had some good games in Denver, right? Like a few good games, and he got hurt. And the 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 craziness that was out there uh, this past season with like the musical chair of quarterbacks, um, you know, I don't know if I think I'd pr- pr- potentially prefer a veteran um, to back up a guy like Kirk Cousins. I think that that's somebody. You get a good quarterback room if you're able to get a guy like a Josh. I mean, we've talked about Josh McCown on here before, um, I believe. Have have or no? We have not talked since um, we haven't done a purple podcast I, yeah, together. I, since. I do not know if we've talked about Josh McCown, but I love him as an option if they're going to bring back just Teddy. Yeah, and I mean, like that's you know, that's fine. I mean, but with it, and with, as you said, with a guy like a Kirk Cousins, you don't need a you don't need like a really you know. I get it. I get why Trevor Simeon's there and, and why you wouldn't necessarily need the veteran, you know, the, the Mike Glennon type, the, um, you know, the Brian Hoyer types that we've talked about before. But I don't, I don't know if there's enough, if I've seen enough from Trevor Simeon, honestly, to, to think that, you know, to think anything that it wouldn't work. I think it could work. I just, you know, I would prefer a veteran if they can afford it. Simeon really struggled this year. Their supporting cast went down by quite a bit. He was pretty solid in 2016, went 8-6 as a starter mm-hmm. with an 84.6 quarterback rating, which kind of reminds you a little bit of Case Keenum's prior history before coming to the Vikings. If he was the number two behind Bridgewater, he would probably give you a, a chance to be just as good as someone like Keenum or McCown, assuming that the supporting cast was going to bump him up. Uh, but he really lacks, I, th- I think, the arm strength to be uh, any sort of like long-term option as a starting quarterback for anyone. But he would fall right into that same category of guys that are high-level backups where your season is not completely tanked if your starting quarterback goes down. Another news item that's worth mentioning for the Vikings is that the Chicago Bears are not going to pick up the option on Josh Sitton, who is their left guard, and he is a really darn good left guard. Yeah, and I mean, he's 31 years old. He's got a lot of years left um, in his career. You know, I know you've spoken about that, too. Like, you know, 
the, I, what the Bears are doing makes sense. I, I, I get it. Like, but, you know, an $8 million option on a Pro Bowl offensive lineman, like, that to me doesn't really make all the sense. I mean, other, other moves they made, okay. But I think the Vikings, I mean, with the situation that they have right now with realizing the offensive line is as big of a priority as it was last offseason – as it is now, this is a move that, you know, they're probably licking their chops right now and thinking, you know, that this might be something they want to consider dabbling into. So with him being 31 years old, you could probably get him on a short-term deal, and then you would have your offensive line would be, well, let's see, he's a left guard. I would assume that he would play there, and they would move Nick Easton to right guard in this case, or you could be talking about having – Mike Remmers play right guard and drafting mm-hmm. a tackle and having Sitton be your left guard and then Riley Reef staying at left tackle. That would be an expensive but an extremely good offensive line. And I think after what we just watched with the Eagles and their offensive line, how they dominated the Vikings defensive line, it should be the number one priority, even if it means overspending to have someone who's good. And Sitton was rated by Pro Football Focus as the fifth best guard last season which makes it really surprising that the Bears, who I think could be a more competitive, maybe 8-8 eight and eight or, or even a little mm-hmm. better, um, it makes it surprising to me that they're just going to let him walk away. Yeah, and I mean, $8 million option for, as you said, a pro bowler is not, given the circumstances of their own offensive line last year, um, that one is, I, I get other moves that they're making. This, you know, And I know that this one also came at the same time that they released Jarrell Freeman. That makes sense, but... Um, this one I don't really understand. Another thing to bring up that you kind of brought up too that I just want to touch on um, with the reworking. I mean, we saw five new position, five new starters last year across the offensive line, um, and maybe even seeing that manifest itself again. With you're talking about moving Remmers to guard, what about the thought of putting Riley Reef back at his quote unquote natural position over there at right tackle? I would say that that's an option if you draft a really good tackle or if you sign Nate Solder, who was mm-hmm. the left tackle of the New England Patriots. And then, again, where the issue comes a little bit is that you end up with an extremely uh, expensive line. I think through 2019 you have to have Mike Remmers because his dead money would be a lot. And Reef is pretty locked in for the next few years. So you'd be spending a lot of money there. But if you're going to spend a lot of money at any position – that's probably the one that I think that that's what they would like to eventually do. Maybe you draft a right tackle this year to start at right tackle and have Remmers be your right guard. And eventually what you want is that right tackle to move over to the left side because the left side is a little more challenging. And then in his later years going into his thirties, you have reef move over to the right. Uh, But as far as for next year, I I think that the option is there if they were willing to invest in Nate Solder, it just, it's probably going to t- take a lot of money to get them because there aren't too many tackles on the market. No, and that's, I mean, I think that's just a problem you run into because, of course, where does it all come back to? It comes back to how much money you're going to be spending in free agency on a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how much how much space there is left because if you're still factoring in um, extensions, and obviously I think the most important thing that you do behind figuring out who your quarterback is is you got to go to the offensive line and then it's defensive line uh, with the tackle spots and they're obviously in a terrible um could be in a terrible bind uh you know some of the interior tackle depth um with stefan and johnson becoming 
free agents. And mm-hmm. what we're hearing now with, you know, the Sharif Floyd grievance and all that stuff that's being reported, um, you know, I mean, there should be more cap space freed up. But I don't know. That's, you know, that whole thing is is its own set of challenges. But it just makes you wonder what, you know, spending wisely here in the offseason. I think that you do and you want to fork up more money uh, for, you know, you know, you can get a tackle through the draft. That's fine. If you want to go the the A A option route, right there, right would be with keeping Reef at left tackle and drafting, um, you know, drafting a guy who can play right tackle. Which you know we've seen a lot of names come through. But then you got to spend money on a guard, and I think it's you know a nice you know treat for them that that Sitton became available today. And then there are other options, and there will be more options out there come free agency. Yeah, Justin Pugh, uh, Andrew Norwell, also two guards uh-huh. who are very good. Mel Kuyper released his second mock draft today, and he has the Minnesota Vikings drafting a guy named Jerron Christian, who's a tackle from Louisville, a surprising name to see in the first round. Now, I haven't gone full draft yet, right? I haven't started talking about (laughs) guys and whether they have a good punch or whether they have a good anchor or foundational strength or anything. Center of gravity. Yeah. That's a good one. Quick twitch is my favorite. Quick twitch. There's so much quick twitching. Um, funny, funny thing, just to inter- interrupt here, because um, I think it was with uh, Barkley, with Sa- Saquon Barkley. They said he had qu- uh, wiggle. Um, Ooh, quick wiggle. But it, it reminded me watching ice dancing the other night. Twizzle is a word that they use when they're doing their, like, um, I don't even know how to describe it, but it's like a pirouette turn on ice, and apparently they call that twizzle. Oh. So I think that we need to find a way to use the word twizzle in drafting. If you did, if you wrote he's got a pretty good twizzle to his game, then <laughs> I, I don't even think at this point, because there's so much ridiculousness, that anyone would even question you. That they would they would just be like, oh, okay, good twizzle. Um, yeah, well, I think people would start using it as like a thing because that's how this whole process works. Like, oh yeah, did you watch the twizzle on that guy? Like, <laughs> yeah. like just people, people like watching draft, you know, for watching film and pretending they're draft experts. I'm like, oh man, look at the leverage he makes on this play. You know, hand placement. Like, okay, like, great twizzle on that play <laughs> coming off the edge. Incredible. <laughs> if you yell it, then it's even more convincing. Um, so, I'm going to ask guys about it at the combine next week. So how's your twizzle? How's your twizzle? And, you know, some of them would probably be like, man, I'm, I don't know of another guy who's a better twizzle guy than me <laughs> at twizzling. Um, so Jerron Christian, NFL.com, has him as a third-round pick. That's why it's surprising to see him in the first round. The tackles that you're going to have to know their name as we get into this. And it, the one thing that would be nice about drafting a tackle and plugging him right in and moving Remmers over is even though Remmers would be an overpaid guard at that point, you would have a guy on a rookie contract playing tackle, which is really advantageous for you. So Orlando Brown is maybe the biggest name. He's just gigantic, 360 pounds. Uh, There's also Connor Williams, who's from Texas. He's supposed to be a first-round pick. And in another mock draft, I saw Colton Miller from UCLA as a guy that could end Mm -hmm. up with the Vikings. Those are the names that I see much more often than uh, Jerron Christian. But when I look through the different mock drafts at this moment, I see most people, most draft experts thinking that the Vikings will go with something on the offensive line. Yeah, and I think that's where you have to go. I mean, obviously, you know, with with defensive tackle, um, 
you're I, I think that they draft one. I mean, I think that that's probably your second priority. You know, if, if assuming with you know mon- monetary figure monetary figure wise and free agency, I think that that money could be spent elsewhere. But if a guy, I mean, it's just going to depend. If a guy like Deron Payne, I mean, I don't think. I think the Vikings would potentially miss out on a really good defensive tackle because they're going to be taking at 30th, you know, what looks right now like an offensive tackle. So, uh, but there's still really good options there in the second and third round that they could, you know, get to bolster some of that defensive interior depth that they need so badly going into next season. So here's a little tease for our episode of uh, the Purple Podcast that will come next week when we get together at the Combine for this Uh, Well, first of all, we're going to have a chance to talk to Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman. So we will grill them further on the quarterback situation and then report back. Uh, But I do want to broach the subject with you, Courtney, eventually of drafting a quarterback because there is a particular guy who might drop in the draft around that position. And uh, the Vikings did trade up to get Teddy Bridgewater once upon a time. So I think it's a possibility, but that's a tease. So don't answer that right now. And okay. uh, is there anything else since you've been, you were what skiing, taking a little time off there in the off season. So I as did. You, it, as took, you were it took going, a week and it felt like a month. So as you were going down the hill, were you thinking about the Vikings? I would be. And uh, cause I'm that, that football. Um, what, what else was on your mind other than the quarterback situation and uh, the draft here? You know, I think that the offensive line is, you can't neglect it at all. I mean, you saw how important it was, the moves that they made in the 2017 offseason going in the last year, that that's got to be – and I, I understand you want to turn to the draft because finding a tackle that could fit that hole there at right tackle for now, as you said, on a rookie contract, you're getting a good deal here. Um, just for the next little while um, – you got to be strategic with it, and, and there still will be money to spend. But after the quarterback position, I think that you've got to pour it into, you know, cleaning up a lot of the, a lot of the stuff on the offensive line from last season. And then, like, let's talk about, you know, from there, what your next priority is behind behind defense, the defensive line and the interior depth. Let's talk about a running back. I mean, for me, that that's you know, getting that number three guy in there. I mean, you could arguably have a, you know, the top five running, uh, you know, rushing team in the NFL next season, when you bring back a healthy Dalvin Cook, you know, they've got to find a number three running back out there, assuming Jarek McKinnon's going to walk in free agency. So as you were skiing on your helmet, did you have a little video uh, screen where you could watch the tape, like in front of one eyeball while skiing down? Because, I mean, if you're really football, I think that's what you do. I mean, yeah, it's like you, you get on the chairlift, you pull out your phone, and you're just, you know, grinding the tape. Yeah, exactly. And, um, it's, you know, what, you know, people telling you, oh, it's time to raise the bar to get off the chairlift. You're like, not now, I'm grinding the tape. No, you um, got to grind the tape. You just got to, it's a full-time job, but somebody's got to do it. <laughs> okay, well, we will be uh, in Indianapolis um, for uh, next week for the NFL Combine, so we'll see what comes out of there. And a lot of times there are, Stories that they come out um, from your national reporters and things like that that could be relevant to the Vikings. And we will have conversations with Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman and a lot to talk about then. So we will catch you at that point on the Purple Podcast. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. 
And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.